Hello and welcome to Unbiased. I'm your host, Michael Hairston. I greatly appreciate you tuning in today. There are a lot of things vying for your attention and time, yet you chose to spend a few minutes listening to the words of wisdom and experience that I want to share today, and I do not take that for granted. So let's get into today's topic as we talk about things that can help empower your decisions and spark your conversation concerning personal finance. All right, so before we get into today's session, what I want to do is take you back in time a little bit to an event that happened in my younger years that had major implications for me. Now, I didn't realize the implications at the time the event happened. It was much later in life that I realized um, the importance of this event and that it played on my life and my professional career. And, you know, this story that I'm about to tell it's very applicable to what we're going to talk about today. So here's the story. So anybody that knows me knows that I'm a huge movie buff. Like I love movies. I'm always at the movie theaters. I'm always, you know, let's put it like this. Uh, The film industry and the big movie houses have made a lot of money off of me because I'm always supporting uh, movies because I'm I'm in the movies. So one of the movies that I watched when I was growing up, is a movie called Trading Places. Now, if you've never seen this movie, I highly encourage you to watch this movie. This movie, this movie is ultra hilarious. So the movie stars Eddie Murphy, and I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan. So it starred Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Donna Michi, uh, Ralph Bellamy, and a whole host of other characters that were a part of this movie. So the whole point behind Trading Places is it gave an inside look regarding uh, Wall Street and particularly how the commodities market worked. So... I'm not going to go into all the details. I encourage you to watch the movie because it's ultra hilarious. But the whole premise of the movie is Dan Aykroyd and then um, Eddie Murphy. They end up teaming up at the end of this movie. And they had some information regarding the direction of regarding the direction of the price of orange juice. And orange juice was a commodity that was being traded. So they had information regarding which direction the price of orange juice was going to fall. So they use that information to be able to uh, to to make um, investments and, and to, to be able to trade commodities. So the information that they had and they knew was accurate. There was on the other end, the, the high end ultra net worth, uh, really, really rich, rich Wall Street guys who were uh, Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy, uh, the older guys who made a lot of money in commodities. And it was kind of Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy trading against the old guys. And the old guys had information too, but the old, but the information that they had was wrong. So the old guys are placing trades based upon the information that they had. It was wrong. Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, they're placing inform, they're using the information that they had, which is correct, and they're making trades. And then at the end of the day and at the end of the scene, um, the <laughs> the end of the movie, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, they made a ton of money and basically broke out the not broke out but basically caused the older uh, older gentlemen uh to lose all of their wealth because they operated off of wrong information so the movie was ultra hilarious i loved it watching watching i love watching it growing up and the reason why i said i didn't realize the impact of this movie in my life because this movie came out in like 1983 so at that time you know I, i wasn't I wasn't old enough to watch this movie because it's a rated R movie. So, um, in fact, I didn't even find out about the movie till a few years after it came out. And I was talking to some friends, um, probably about my 
sophomore, junior year of high school, was talking to some friends. They told me about it. So still not kind of old enough to watch it, but I ventured out and figured out a way to be able to watch it. And I got to say, when I watched it, I died laughing. And that movie to this day is still one of my all-time favorites. But here's why it had implications on me, because that was one of the first times that I've actually had a peek into Wall Street, how it operates, how the commodity, commodities market work. How do you actually use information to be able to make money? So um, I didn't realize the impact of that movie until I got into college. And after I've watched this movie like six zillion times by the time I got into college, but then began to, I began to look at it from a different perspective. And the idea of actually trading, trading on information and being able to take advantage of opportunities to be able to seize profits became very clear to me as I'm watching this movie. So, uh, you know, I, so I, I take you back in a little bit of history about me and, you know, um, you know, mom and dad, I, Hey, I apologize. It was a funny movie. I had to watch it. So, you know, if, if you're listening, you know, uh, forgive your son, but nonetheless, you know, the, the movie had implications in my life and it leads me to what I want to talk about today, which is trading, you know, stock trading and, why, here's why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, I have a lot of conversations with individuals uh, throughout my professional career and even today, and, you know, trading stocks has always been a hot topic. And, you know, I, people I run across, they always ask me, hey, can you really make money trading stocks? I mean, absolutely you can. You absolutely can. And there's been tons of the tons of books and media articles and podcasts that talked about trading stocks and how to be a successful trader. So you absolutely can. So just so we're in line, when I reference stock trading, this is what I mean. You engage in frequent trading of stocks, including currency and commodities, much like the, the, the movie trading places I was just talking about. But you engage in frequent trading of securities to seize temporary price arbitrage opportunities and to profit from these opportunities quickly. So you're not interested in holding security for a long time. You want to make your profit quickly and then exit. And usually what you're doing is you're making a bet on short term price movements of a particular stock or commodity or an asset in order to win substantial price increases or a substantial increase in value. Now, let's not get it, let's, let's be clear. This strategy is ultra aggressive and it carries a high probability of investment loss. Yet the reward can be attractive enough to outweigh the possibility of loss depending upon the information that you're using to, uh, to, to make your investment decisions. So, you know, trading, trading, stock trading, this strategy is far left from the traditional buy and hold strategies that most investors employ, employ in their own um, uh, portfolio management. And then also, is, you, you don't really find a lot, of, a lot of financial advisors that are talking about stock trading. So most investors, the reason being you don't find a lot of investors, uh, a lot of financial advisors talking about stock trading is that you know, most investors are not as risky as they believe. Like I said, stock trading is an ultra aggressive, uh, uh, ultra aggressive um, strategy, and it carries a high probability of investment loss. So while we as individuals, and I'm going to include myself in this, we want the high return. We don't necessarily want the exposure to a high probability of loss. I mean, let's be honest, large variations in your account value can drive many investors off the wall quicker than, quicker than Michael Jackson can moon glide across the stage. So generally speaking, investors, what we typically do is we find a comfortable place between the investment risk we're willing to take and the reward that, we're, that, that it offers. And then we kind of settle there. And that usually results in some type of buy and hold strategy. So again, you know, trading stocks, it has its merits. It has its merits. It, you can make money. But what I want to offer to you is 
um, you know, some things you want to think about if you're going to engage in stack in stock trading. And these are fundamental things that you need to think about before you start and keep these fund fundamental things in mind as you are engaging in stock trading. So number one thing you want to think about and know is, okay, what's an acceptable rate of return on my investment or a an acceptable loss? You need to set the floor and the ceiling before you even start. The next thing you know, you want to know is what's my personal income tax rate and how will this, how will my personal income tax rate have an impact on my investment profits? Because best believe your investment profits, you don't get to keep 100% of those. Your investment profits, part of that is going to go toward, there's going to be taxation on a part of that. So you need to know what your personal income tax rate is and then what the income, what, what that tax rate will, how that will impact your investment profits. Next thing you want to know is timing. How long do I plan on holding this? Do I want to get in, you know, and, and get out within a few days, a few weeks or what have you? So um, that's something that you kind of want to know before you actually hit go and then start trading. The other thing is, uh, you know, you want to have some type of strategic plan and specifically within your strategic plan, you want to know, okay, what industries and companies are my areas of focus and why is this an area of focus for me? You know, you're not going to be, if you're going to be a stock trader, in my humble opinion, you're going to have to have focus. You mean you got an area of focus or area of expertise that you want to dial in on and that you feel like you have very good information that's accurate that you can act upon. You're not going to be able to trade any and everything that you see across the board. You're going to have to stay focused to really be successful. So, you know, what industries or companies are going to be my area of focus and why are you focusing on those areas? Something fundamental you always want to keep in mind. The next thing is, what's my investment risk tolerance? So, you know, that's that, that goes without saying, but you do want to know what your investment risk tolerance is. And that kind of ties all the way back to the very first thing is what's the acceptable risk that you, what's the acceptable rate of return that you that you are that you want, as well as what is the acceptable loss? Because not every invest, not in every investment that you make is going to hit it off the out the parking and, and every investment that you have is not going to lose. But you want to know, OK, at what point do I want to cut my losses? And, you know, that also ties back to what your overall investment risk tolerance is. So these are just a few things one should, should consider and fully answer before jumping into stock trading. Now, I want to take a few minutes to talk about each one and explain why it's important. And after that, I'll share a few things you need to pay attention to as you begin trading. So uh, of the five things I mentioned that you must know before you start, the biggest and most fundamental thing is what is your investment risk tolerance? You need to have a definitive answer on how much risk you are willing to take because the risk you take will drive your investment decisions. I'm going to say that again. You need to have a definitive answer on how much risk you're willing to take because the risk you take will drive your investment decisions and it will also impact what your expected return will be. So if you're not a if you're not a risky person, just be straight with yourself. Hey, I'm not really a risky person. Then trading stocks is not where you want to be. Again, to trade means you are actively looking to buy as low as possible, sell as high as possible, as many times as you possibly can. So you're always going to be buying and selling, buying and selling and buying and selling. And there's always a risk that your investment can lose its value and all of its value. And in fact, that is true no matter whether you engage in trading or not. There's always a possibility of losing your investment at any point in time. Now, if you buy too late, 
or you sell too early, this could impact the value of your investment. So you have to ask yourself, if I make a wrong move, or if this moves in a direction opposite to what I think, what will I do? And how fast will I, will I, will, will I move? You know, so the, this, again, if you're not a risky person, trading stocks, not where, where you want to be. If you are willing to take that risk, you got to have an understanding of how much risk am I willing to take? If this thing starts to head south or what, what will I do and how fast will I act? So now another question you have to ask is, you know, can I afford to fully risk the entire amount of capital I'm looking to trade? You know, so if I'm going to use $5,000 to trade, can I afford to lose the whole entire 5,000? That's a, something real that you have to ask yourself. And that will help you understand just how risky of a person you are. You know, look, I've seen stock prices aggressively move downward in a matter of minutes. Can you handle that if you make an investment and it drops big time? And again, if the answer is no, or I'm not sure, don't trade. That's my simple advice to you. Don't trade. Because I do believe if the answer is no to both of these questions I just mentioned, which is the direction that it moves in. And if it moves in a direction south, you know, you're not sure what you were going to do or you think you might sell it all. Or if it drops um, big time within a short period of time and you can't you don't you don't feel like you can handle that loss and a potentially the potential of losing all of your investment, then stop right now. Trading is not for you. And because the risk is just too great for you now. If the answer is yes, and you're willing to accept the risk, even though it's great, the next question you have to ask yourself is, okay, what's my strategic plan? Which is specifically what in business industries or individual stocks do I want to trade? So I, I have this conversation a lot with individuals, you know, who want to trade things that really they, and I don't mean any offense by what I'm, what I'm about to say, but, you know, they're trading things that they don't really understand. And they're moving off of momentum or what maybe somebody else might have suggested that they do or news that they might have heard about, but they don't really know the industry or the company itself. They're just kind of moving based upon what they see happening, you know, meaning a stock that seems to be moving pretty quick and they want to jump in. Look, to me, it's better to be a specialist and have lots of information about an industry or two versus being a generalist. I mean, having a limited that generalist means you got a limited knowledge about a lot of things. Because if you want to play the trading game, you, you you have to have a lot of information that you can use to your advantage. And that's that points to you being a specialist. So in being a specialist, that provides a single focus and in depth. And it makes it easier to spot opportunities and it also makes it easier to spot exit points. So investigate opportunities in businesses and industries that you fully know about. You know, don't chase hot stock names or things that you heard about. You know, because that's where you can end up getting lost and end up taking a greater amount of risk because these are things that you don't really know about and they're not all that uh, familiar with. So start with industries and businesses that you fully do know about. And then when you buy, you want to buy the, the you don't want to buy a stock without doing your research, of course. But, you know, your investment strategy, if you buy a stock without doing the full research and you're buying the hot name, that means your investment strategy is not really a strategy. You're just driven by FOMO, which I talked about before, which is fear of missing out. And when you're driven by FOMO, that will impact your profitability because you'll end up making moves when you should not be 
and you end up selling when you should be standing pat and standing pat when you should be selling. So because you're moving based upon the popularity or the hot name. So what you want to do is you want to stick to what you know, get deep in what you know, whatever that industry is, then expand what you know so that you can expand your, your investment horizons. And that takes time. But if you're going to start today, start with what you know and then build out over time. So the next thing I want you to consider is how much money can I actually make? Now, for this, I need to touch on a few things such as trading costs, taxes, holding period and rate of return, because all of these factors impact how much money you will actually make. As I said before, many times before, taxes and fees are two inevitable costs that decrease the potential profit for investing. So when you're investing, these costs are inevitable. I know there are a lot of people out here that are a lot of trading platforms that are saying zero trade costs, zero trade costs. I can tell you that while they may not call it, they may not have a transaction cost. There is a cost that is built into the security that you're buying that you do not see that is going to impact you. So and say it again, taxes and fees are two inevitable costs that decrease the pro potential profit from investing. So you have to have a handle on the tax implications and the fees. And also too, how you trade and how often you trade can also in cause you to incur a higher tax and fees, thus eroding more of your profit. If you're trading frequently, there's a trading cost associated with that, whether it's a flat out transaction cost or the fee is actually tied into or built into the price of the investment. But there is a fee that you're paying. The more often that you're trading, the more often that you're going to have this fee cost. So do you need to be aware of that and take that in consideration? Then I also want you to know and, and think about what I said in a previous podcast where I talked about short-term and long-term capital gains. And that is a tax consequence that is imposed um, in, in part of our tax code that and it's based upon the holding period. So if you have a stock that you have held for less than 12 months, that triggers short-term capital gains. And that short-term capital gain, which means that if you made a short-term profit, the profit that you made is taxed at your, whatever your marginal income tax rate, that's where it's going to be taxed at. I'm going to say that again. So if you make a short-term profit, then your tax on that profit is going to be taxed at whatever your marginal income tax rate is. As opposed to if you long-term gains. So if you have a, an investment that you held for over 12 months, if you hold it for over 12 months, the tax consequences on long-term gains are as much, 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 much lower. It could be anywhere from, it's going to be either zero, 15% or 20%. And the average American, average American is usually in a 15% bucket. That's a, that, you know, you know, it, it doesn't take much for your marginal tax bracket to be in a 24, 24% tax bracket range, um, you know, versus, you know, you having, and that's what you end up paying if you try to execute a trading strategy and end up making a substantial amount of money, 24% of that money could end up going to, um, you could have to pay for taxes versus by you selling it within a short period of time, less than a year less than 12 months rather. So, which is a year, but less than 12 months, long-term capital gains. If you hold it beyond 12 months, you could be at zero, 15 or 20 and likely in the 15% range. So 15 is a lot cheaper than 24%, but 
the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, again, taxes and fees, they eat into your potential profit. So you have to take that in consideration as you're engaging in, tra in trading, because where I see a lot of traders get into trouble is they look at a rate of return that they're making and they think, oh, great. And they, you know, I might have made 20 percent or 30 percent within a short period of time. Great. But once you hit execute on that transaction, you don't get 20 percent. At some point in time, you're going to pay it. Obviously, immediately, you're going to pay a transaction fee. And then later on, when you get ready to file your taxes, that 20% that you made, a certain portion of that, because it's been made short term, is going to have to be paid and you're going to have to pay a tax on that. So that's why I'm bringing this up. Now, I, I, I want you to, I'm going to say this again, and I want you to listen to me carefully. Every security traded has a transaction cost to it. There's no free lunch in this game. So the transaction cost, again, is usually added to the price of security when you execute it and it's often unseen, or it could be a flat out charge, one of the two. But either way, that transaction cost is incurred each time you trade. So the more trading you do, the higher the overall transaction cost. So now last comment on transaction cost is whatever the transaction cost is, it will be added to the overall cost basis of your security. Now, this is important to note. So, yeah, you don't want to overpay for anything, but whatever you do got to pay. Is going to be added to the cost of the purchase. So your cost basis is your purchase price plus your transaction cost. Now, why is that important? Because when it, when you go to figure out what your actual profit is, you're going to look at your your purchase price plus your transaction cost, which equals your total cost. So your capital gain is whatever the market price is minus your total cost and whatever is left over. That's your rate of return, and that's what you're going to pay taxes on. And if you held it for less than 12 months, it's going to be taxed at short, it's going to be counted as short term capital gains, and it's going to be taxed at your marginal tax rate. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, the final point I'll make to expand upon, you know, this idea of determining what's an acceptable IRA, and this is a tricky one for sure, which is you have to determine what is a good rate of return for you that properly compensates you for the tremendous risk you are taking. And I'm gonna say this again, you have to determine what's a good rate of return for you to properly compensate you for the tremendous risk you are taking. And this is a personal question that only you can answer. If you're going to risk a substantial amount of your profit, excuse me, a substantial amount of your capital to earn a profit, how much of a return do you find to be acceptable? You know, while it's a personal question, this is something I do see investors get tripped up on because what they end up doing is they risk a all of their capital in order to make a 10% rate of return. And at the end of the day, by the time you take out taxes and taxes and then transaction fees, that 10% is not really 10%. So a rule of thumb that I'm just going to throw out is a substantial risk of loss requires a substantial reward. Thus, your reward should be higher than the risk you take. So if you have the if you have the potential to lose 50% of your the 50% of the money that you put in, then I'm looking to make personally I'm looking to make double that because then it's worth it to me. So I have the potential to make 100%, but I know I'm potentially could be losing 50. That's worth it to me. Now that's for me because what I'm doing is I'm setting the stage to say, okay, if I am going to take a substantial, if I could potentially take a substantial L, then I want to make sure I got a substantial reward to go along with that. So, you know, you want to set these rate of return limits for each investment. 
as well as your total portfolio. You want to you need to set this limit. You need to know what the limit is, particularly if you're engaging in trading to know what every single trade that you make, what's an acceptable rate of return. And then also you want to do that for your overall portfolio to make sure that you're receiving the just due and the compensation for the uh, risk that you are taking. So now remember, the reward must also compensate you, not just for the opportunity, but in my professional opinion, the reward that you're seeking also must compensate you for any potential taxes and fees you have to pay. And most people forget about these two things and only think about the percentage that they can earn. So, you know, listen, if you can earn 20%, but you have to pay half of it in taxes and fees, that's only earning 10%. You got to ask yourself, is that really worth it? So maybe you should be, since you know that taxes and fees are inevitable, then the rate of return that you are expecting should be enough to cover those particular costs. That's all I'm just saying. So now here are a couple good rules of thumb to consider when you're setting return on investment targets. One, look at the financial market's performance and use this as a guide in your decision making. You know, in one of my previous podcasts, I talked about indexed investing and how it's passive. Listen, if you can make if you can make a, a 10, you know, a, a, not a 10%, but I'll say a seven, eight, nine, even six through passive investing, you can determine what is an acceptable rate of return just through passing passive investment. So if you're going to engage in trading, then you need to do substantially better than what you can do by just engaging in passive investing, which is just following the index, doing the same thing an index is doing, and then it's basically plug and play. So if you're going to engage in trading and you're looking to take advantage of opportunities, then you need to do substantially better than what you could have done just through passive investing. So, and you should expect to earn a higher rate of return because you got a, you, you're engaging in greater risk than the overall market. But you definitely want to look at what the market is currently offering as a baseline so that you can say, I at least have to do better than this, plus any taxes and fees, so it can start to get down and guide you to a point of understanding what's an acceptable rate of, turn, rate of return for you. You know, for example, if you're investing in industry H and it's, it's earned 10% that year, and there's a new company that's coming into the industry that has a potential to grow 20%. At first pass, this looks attractive, but consider all the factors we just ran through, including taxes and risk implications and et cetera. So maybe that 20%, that ain't as great given the failure of new businesses is so high. Most businesses, when they come on, they fail within the first five to seven years. So even though you know 20% sounds great, but this is a brand new business that's publicly traded, but it takes a while for publicly, even new publicly traded companies to really hit their stride. You have to sit back and ask yourself like, man, okay, if I'm gonna invest in this, is 20% acceptable for me? And if it is, great. Then you have to also look at, okay, how much risk am I taking to get that 20%? And really, if you're gonna risk 50% or 100% of your portfolio or 100% of your investment to make the 20%, you gotta ask yourself, eh, is that a fair trade? And again, that's 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 purely on you, and that's and because everybody's different. So, now look, there's a lot of information I provided today, and frankly, this just scratches the surface of what you should know and consider if you want to be a stock trader. And here's what I will say: it's not overly complex to engage in stock trading, but it does require focus, it requires regular attention, and it requires a degree of fearlessness. Meaning that you know, if 
if you make a mistake, you forget about it, and then you keep right on doing the same thing. And if you don't have these three things and you struggle with these three things, then you may want to consider a more traditional investment strategy like buy and hold. You know, so because, again, it to engage in trading, it requires focus, regular attention and a degree of fearlessness. So, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're a trader or you're a buy and hold investor, the best advice I can give you is work with a seasoned financial advisor and accountant because you'll need both of them and you'll need the expertise and knowledge from both of them to really help you develop a winning game plan and then to set you up such that you can, as you're engaging in and as you're engaging in trading and you're making profit, that you're able to seize as much of the profit as you possibly can. You know, there's a old there's a saying that's out there, dream, teamwork makes the dream work. So bring these people along and then and, and bring these people along because a seasoned accountant and a seasoned financial advisor coupled with what you're desiring, what you're looking to do, that's a good team to come together to really make the dream work for you. Thank you for tuning in today to this episode of Unbiased. I hope today's conversation empowered your decisions and sparked your conversation or maybe even sparked a different thought concerning your personal finances. And I greatly appreciate you again tuning in today. Feel free to reach out to me uh, via social media. My Twitter handle is Hairston, that's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N underscore Mike. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Michael G. Hairston, MBA, or you can reach out to me via email at michael at alpha financial. That's one word dot com. Again, that's email is michael at alpha financial dot com. Thank you very much. And I will look forward to speaking to you again soon.